Welcome to the Unscripted Wrestling Podcast. We are here for part two of our least favorite pro wrestlers of all time. We're going to be going through our four through one. I am your host, Dan, and I'm here with my wonderful brother, Doug. Hi. And uh, we're here with Eric. Hello. And Quinneth just popped in. How the hell are you doing, Quinneth? I'm good. I'm good. Very good. So we all got our lists. We'll Hi, go over, uh, hey, Quinn. We'll go over briefly what we picked last week. Uh, Quinn, do you have your uh, 10 through 5? All right. So my 10 through 5, I'm going to pull down a Brooklyn Brawler. Okay. That's um, a good pick. <laughs> Brooklyn Brawler. Okay. Who? Who? Glacier, it was Glacier, right? The whole, not, not whole, I think, it was a sub character from um, WCW. Oh, Glacier. 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 Mm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, another one, I wasn't a big fan. Tell you I wasn't a big fan of Andre as much as everybody was. My, my, I wasn't be sure I did that. Holy um, shit. IRS. Huh? I said, holy shit. Huh? Yeah, I wasn't be sure I did that. And then when the night came about, I really did really, That's when I first started. When I started, Andre and the big show was totally weird. Things probably made himself. But he caught the big show was known as a giant. But he's really, somebody you knows. This is probably really... Is Andre's son in WCW? No way there's no talk about. <laughs> yeah. All right, who else? Yeah. I got, I would say, Jim Noble. I wasn't a big fan of. Doink the Clown. And Doink the Clown, he said. So, his 10 through 5 is Brooklyn Brawler. Glacier, Andre the Giant. Who's before Doink the Clown? What did he just say? Uh, he just said. Uh, uh, IRS. 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 And then Doink the Clown, and I think he's missing one. Uh, let's see. Read your whole. Read your ten through five over again. Okay. So I'll say it's IRS, going to clown, Glacier, Brooklyn Baller, and let's see. I forgot. Where's my other one? And Andre. Yeah, Andre. Yeah, he's making one. No. No, Clintus, we did oh, six. We actually did six. Starting at four. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, I'm missing one. We know. Uh, 
was Heath Slater, Bret Hart, Eric Watts, wow. Joey Ryan, Nails, and I think I switched it out. I have Justin Credible on my list. I don't remember talking about him, though. I think I switched it out with somebody. Yeah, I can't remember who you switched on with, though. Oh, you can't. You weren't paying attention. At that particular point, no, I was It's been over a half hour. Uh, what's your 10 through 6? I, I lose track around the 45 minute mark. Uh, Dolph Ziggler, Paul Hogan, franchise Shane Douglas, Tess, the Young Bucks, and then CM Punk. All right. Eric, your 10 through 6? 10 through 5. JBL, the great colleague, Kevin Nash, Hogan, Ryan Jack, and No Way Jose. Was that six? Yeah, I think so. All right. All right, let's pick up where we left off. I'll go first to keep this show on the fucking road. Uh, And I got one specifically for Clint. If this is my least favorite wrestlers, and my number four, I'm going with Nikki Bella. Wow. No, I that's awesome. Why? Why? I think she's a... And... I love and respect women every day in my life. I get up and I respect women. I uh, And I respect women that can do great things in the wrestling industry. I, I would love the Trish Stratuses, even the Charlotte Flares. But when I call Nikki Bella a talentless twat, I mean it wholeheartedly. I, now, you mainly love women when they're willing to go to the movies with you. Yeah. Uh, but And I love them in other scenarios, too. Well, depending on who it is. Uh, I love going out with women And I, I love hanging out Women are great Nikki Bella sucks uh, She's a bad wrestler uh, She got a little better And she To me she is better than Brie So I guess Brie could But I think Brie has a better attitude uh, There's just something about Nikki It just It seems like she never cared about And I And I know I'm a hypocrite Because I Give praise to Brock Lesnar About not caring about the business And collecting a paycheck but there's something about her. She just seemed like a clout chaser. Seemed like a, she needed fame, and her and her sister would do anything to get it, and they felt always like more reality stars than actual wrestlers. So Nikki's on my list. The thing about her, and I'll try to keep my words to where I don't get canceled. If he takes the crackers out of his mouth, we could probably understand him. Uh, but, like, the thing about Nikki Bella is she is one of those people. She got into wrestling, like you said, because she wanted to be a reality star. Yeah. But once people realize that that's all she's in for and started calling her out on it, uh that's when she started to work harder. Like, all right, I have to everybody knows. Even though, you know, for seven, eight years, however the hell long she was in the business, she was basically 
just there to be on television. Yeah. It got to the point where, like, especially after, you know, John Cena got a clue that he, that it's just like, okay, I got to try to prove everybody wrong, even though I've been proving everybody right for seven years. So that like the last couple of years she was in the business, it was okay. I'm go uh, you know, I'm going to try to work hard because, you know, I've got this reputation that I need to shed. Uh, but also, you know, the first, you know, five, six years of her career definitely overshadows the last, like, two. I agree. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah, I would have to agree. I, I think she uh, she definitely had a lot of potential. And in, in some ways, I think she realized that potential. But in other ways, I think she fell flat. Yeah, and I don't even know if she had potential, honestly. I think she was just, a, like I said, a cloud chaser that just wanted fame, and and they never really had any talent to back the Bellas up until, like you said, the last two years. But at that point, it it felt like a little too late, and uh, it also felt like all the other girls were better too. So she still didn't seem that well, good. But like that first few years, like if she would have tried those first few years when you had like an Eve Torres, a Kelly Kelly. Uh, Beth Phoenix and all and, and all that Natalia Gail Kim, who had talent but did not have the talent that would come in later on. Yeah, well, I mean, I think Gail and uh, Beth did. Yeah. Uh well, yeah, they were two of the more talented performers, obviously. Like, if Nikki would have tried like those first couple of years, she would go down. I mean, she went down. Oops, sorry. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, Sharon stole my joke, but yeah. oh, sorry. Uh, sorry, you would have yelled at me for saying it. But anyway, uh, like with Nikki, like she would go down as an all-time great had she tried hard those first couple of years. Yeah. But like, especially like in that talent pool that she was in, but it also didn't help. I mean, yes, she's in the Hall of Fame now, but again, remember the. Uh, head of talent relations is your stepdad. Yeah. Okay. She had a lot of help in the business to give her that spot that that she had because the Bellas sent their mother to try to, you know, bang somebody from the office. They found Laurinaitis. I mean, I don't think the mother's together with them now because he's, he actually got in trouble and fired. He's not coming back. Uh, McMahon tried to make him take the whole fall for the hush money thing. Yeah. Uh, and he ended up taking, I mean, well, he didn't come back, so technically he took the entire fall. Uh, but uh, too bad it wasn't off the cliff. But, uh, yeah, yeah, no, I agree with you. Uh, all right, who's your number 10, Eric? Four. My number... My number four. Yeah. yeah, Eric. The next name you have to read off your list after No Way Jose. Jinder Mahal. Jinder Mahal. What? Yeah. 
uh, I I don't like this guy. I think I don't think he should have got, never got his, held the WWE title when he held it. I hated it. Um, I think he's overrated. I don't think I don't think he's anything. I just hated him. I love that. Huh? I love the modern. The I hate it. I hate it. I love it. I hated everything about him. How did you love that? <laughs> what the fuck? Because it was funny. It was funny. I just loved the modern day modern rock. I just loved it. The whole the whole cast phrase itself. It was just like hilarious. The only good That's thing amazing. about any That's of that. I love you so much. The only good thing about any of that, the only good thing about any of that, was Randy Orton almost killing one of his sidekicks a couple times. Yeah, well, it would have been better if he would have succeeded. Uh, but here's the thing about Jinder Mahal, and this is the only because I didn't like him. He's not on my list. I didn't like him either. Like there was actually a point where, like, I think it was uh, the pay per view where Jinder won the title. Yeah. Natalia, I think won like some kind of match yeah, to get a title shot or something like that. Or it might have, I forgot what it was, but I remember saying, I'm like, if Jinder Mahal and Natalia walk out as champions on this show, I'm done. Because to me, they were two of the most useless pieces of talent in the ro- on the roster at the time. Because they re- Jinder Mahal at least had like some some charisma. Yeah. You know, the character of like the rich guy from a foreign country. Basically uh a straight Rajesh Cooper Polly, you know, from Big Bang Theory. Yeah. That's pretty much what Jinder Mahal was. Uh now if the guy that played Rajesh Cooper Polly on Big Bang Theory is listening to this and be like, No, my character was not gay Dude, watch the show back. Your character was gay. Okay. All right. Uh, I was so... I almost had a panic attack at the thought of you trying to do an Indian accent there, and I'm glad you didn't. No. Not, <laughs> I would not try that. Uh, but... Like, the, the thing about Jinder Mahal was, at least, like, you know, there were some... Not necessarily entertainment to him, but it's just like, okay... He's a champion. He's a heel champion that held on to the title for six months. Now, it was six months too long, okay? But it was one of those things to where it's just like they're putting him up against these guys, and you think at some point, okay, because heel champions should have six-month title reigns because it is about the chase. Yeah. Now, the problem was that, and... The fact that, you know, they put the title on him so he could go to India as champion. Yeah. But then that's when Triple H started to think, maybe I could take the title off. Because they were booking him versus Triple H in India. Yeah. And it was going to be for the title. And I think in Triple H's head, he's thinking, I'm going to beat this motherfucker for his title. But then luckily somebody stepped in and said, no, let's give it to AJ because if Triple H walks out as champion, they're going to give us the Roman Reigns in Philadelphia treatment from 2015. Like, but Jinder's reign, like, it was a failure, but it was also like it was an experiment because we talk about how now they don't like to experiment. 
Yeah. Uh, it was something. They took a guy that had nothing. His hottest run in the business is in the fucking three-man band. Right. He's a jobber. He means nothing. He got beat up by Rod Gronkowski and Mojo Rawley. Yeah, he literally meant nothing to the product. It didn't really contribute much. So the fact that he fucking, they took that guy, made him a champion, and tried to like build around him, I do commend that. I, I just think they probably thought the but also, he was in great shape at the time. I know people try to say he wasn't natural. I don't know. But he was in great shape at the time. He seemed really ready. And his promo got okay. His promo actually got pretty good. And adding those two little, uh, you know, testicles. It wasn't a terrible ring. It wasn't great, but. It was, it was one of those things. I could have done without the Punjabi prison match. Yeah, and bringing Kali in. Which, which, by the way. If you're going to do a Punjabi prison match, do not do it in a city where, you know, that shouldn't actually be surrounded by prison bars. You know, Philadelphia. <laughs> do it in fucking, do it in a city that's not as, uh, you know, that's not as hostile. You know, Des Moines. You got to do it in Des Moines. Well, mainly because there's only five people that live in the town. But still, like, don't do, you can't do... Stupid gimmick shit, even though that's what ECW did for eight years. You can't do stupid gimmick shit in a town like that because you know that that particular fan base is going to shit all over. Yeah. That was another problem. Mm-hmm. It was just the way they were just booking it. And again, they were trying. Yeah. And, you know, we bitch and complain now about, or not necessarily us, but, you know, wrestling fans bitch and complain now how. They just want to keep using the same guys. Yeah. Well, guess what? Five, six years ago, yeah, they, they used a different guy. And no one liked it. Exactly. So, and trust me, I'm not, if I'm sticking up for Vince McMahon, get the gun and shoot me. Yeah, you're sticking up for Vince and Jinder right now. Okay. So, but, so, like, the fact that they're not, and, and this is the excuse that, like, they would use now. They're like, oh, you know, we've tried to use other guys, and, you know, tried to push new guys in the past, but you didn't allow it. So we're just going to go back to what we know. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, but what you know is stupid. And when you try to appease us, you use somebody that nobody liked. So, yes, it, it was an experiment that failed, but I do commend them. Yeah, they tried. Yeah. All right. Who's pick now, Clintus? Yeah, you can go to him. Yeah. I want to go. My number four was Jazz. Jazz? Yes, yeah, Jazz. I was never a big fan of Jazz. I think he's a bully. I mean, she was a good wrestler, but her character, I think it's like, if his character is good enough to make you want to hate him as a human personality, then, then yeah, I think. And she did a job to the point that, yeah, I, I wasn't a, never a big fan of Jared. I mean, she she had great rivalries, don't get me wrong. Great champion. But if, if, you, if your character was that good enough to make you want to not, like, say, I don't want to watch you every anytime on TV or I'm just with you on TV, and she did that, yeah. She was, like, one of my favorite ones to actually hate, hate, put on there. Right. 
Yeah, I didn't like Jazz that much either. I didn't either. I mean, I'm not going to badmouth her because she is a badass chick that could beat the shit out of all of us. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but you have to say, well, if this is like, if, you, if you're good enough to make me want to hate you and I don't want to see you on TV, and you're that good in the ring, and, and he got it up. Remember, when they brought her in, they brought her in towards the end of that invasion angle. Yeah. So they knew that they were going to sign her. And ECW, you know, all, she was just she was wrestling men the entire time. She was like China for ECW. Right, because the women in ECW were just there to get power driven off the second rope by Rhino. Yeah. And, like, most of the, their women valets... Yeah, they uh, couldn't work like Francine and shit. They were like, just Francine like, could do... Or Francine couldn't really work. Beulah, you know, Tommy Dreamer's wife, she could. Uh, Dawn Marie couldn't. Sonny couldn't. This was way before Lita had had no training yet, so she couldn't. I mean, she was Miss Congeniality at the time. And then you had Jasmine St. Clair, who was a adult film star. She could work, just not wrestling work. Uh, but you know, God bless her. Yeah. Uh, so, but with Jazz, so Jazz had to wrestle mainly men. So she gets into WWE and she's kind of working with the same kind of, you know, crop of, not same crop because it was different girls, but like the same type of talent. Yeah. Except for Trish could work, Lita could work. Trish was nowhere near the performer that she would become. She was getting there, but yeah. She was getting there. And, but like, other than that, like, you know, Jazz was having subpar matches with people. Yeah. But it's no fault of her own. It's just that, uh, you know, you can only get so far with the talent that, you know, you are given. Yeah, that you had. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, despite the fact that, and by the way, like in the early 2000, in the early to mid 2000s, the girls were being trained by Finley. Yeah. So... But a lot of the times, though, like, his training was just him having to choreograph what they were doing because Vince knew how hard he hit, and it's like you can't hit the girls that hard. He goes, well, how the fuck are they going to work? <laughs> like, but... Yeah, he was rough on him though. Yeah. He was good. So, like, that that's the thing with Jazz, that, like, yeah, she was... She, she might not have been great, but... You also have to attribute that to... She had a good look. Yeah. Uh, you have to attribute that to who she was, you know, who she was given to work with. Right. Except for, like, her stuff with Trace was amazing. Yeah, it was pretty good. Who's your pick? Uh, Booker T. Oh, God. All right. I'm not going to go... On your list. Yeah. I'm not going to go into too much detail because, to be honest with you... Well, let's preface it because we didn't really preface it till midway through... Uh, the first part, but Doug's list is basically people he doesn't like. Yeah, it's I, not I, that he doesn't think they're good wrestlers or not. It's I hate every one of these fucking people. He basically picked personalities that he doesn't like. Yeah. Uh, and here's the thing: I actually like Booker's in-ring work. Yeah, he's great. Okay, I like his in-ring work. I like him as part of Harlem Heat and WCW. 
uh, I didn't mind that, you know, the TV title stuff in WCW. And then when he became like the, you know, the world champion and all that, what I started to hate, uh, to me, Booker took a turn for the worse when he got married. Right. You bring that fucking bitch, Charmel, who's got no talent, uh, in with him, and you know, I get you know, it's his wife, and he loves her, and all that. You know, good for him. Uh, keep her happy because she could probably fucking take you to the cleaners if you got divorced. <laughs> Uh, you know, the fact that she ended up in the Hall of Fame, you know, last year just meant that everybody else that they called to get, uh, every other female inductee they called to get into the Hall of Fame was busy. Uh, Booker, the whole King Booker stuff. Yeah, King Booker. All right. It, it, it just annoyed the shit out of me. Right. Well, he was a heel. But, yeah. like, the, the thing is, is that, like, he was so good as a character. To me, he got worse when he joined TNA. Yeah. When he tried to be the King Booker character in TNA without calling himself King Booker. But when he started talking like, uh, you know, like the uh, scammer from Nigeria that calls and tries to sell you a fucking fax machine. Yeah. Uh, he definitely, out of all the guys that went to TNA and got lazy, he's top of the list. Yeah. So, like, I mean, he, you know, and I'm not going to try to, you know, do the accent or whatever, but it's just like, I swear to God, he sounds like these guys that call and try to sell you a fucking vacuum cleaner over the phone. Right. Uh, it's like he's trying to get you in, in on a Ponzi scheme. It's so like his accent was just like, dude, just talk normal. Yeah, I got you. Like, your British accent is fine. Like, I'm with you. The British King Booker accent was actually fine in WWE, but in TNA, mm-hmm. it was just, yeah. I don't know what the hell they were thinking. And he just, to me, he just got very annoying. And there's very there's a lot of people that should not be on commentary. He's one of them. I don't like his commentary. Uh, to be honest with you, I watched NXT's Great American Bash a couple weeks ago, and listening to him for two and a half hours made me realize why I don't watch the show re- weekly. It's just like, dude, you suck. And his whole, like, and there was actually a funny video that came out. Uh, he had gotten back. He was on a UK tour. He had gone back, and like his first day back was actually an NXT show. Mm-hmm. So there's a video of him during a main event segment that he's supposed to be paying attention to. There's a video of him on his DoorDash. That's funny. Fucking ordering ordering food, and somebody caught that, and it went viral. So they asked him. They said, "What the hell were you doing?" He goes, "I was hungry. <laughs> I was hungry. I was ordering my dinner. Like, is that wrong?" And his co-hosts are like, no, it's not wrong, but it's kind of stupid because, you know, people bring their camera phones to the fucking, to the show. Well, he had no, which he, this person had no right to film him. But it made Booker look like an idiot, so I'm all for it. Yeah. It's kind of funny. It's, uh, but then he started going in as to how good the food was that he ordered. He got, uh, he got chicken tenders from uh, TGI Fridays or something like that. Oh, nice. And I was just like, well, at least he knows how to eat. 
Uh, he's good at picking food. Spouse is not real. Yeah, it's a good pick. You got, you. You got more? You just uh, I'm good. Right. If I want to continue on the show, I better, I better stop. All right. I uh, I kind of cheated with this one because I have two, but I have Skull and Eight Ball, the Harris Brothers. Oh, boy. They've tried so I, – I believe these guys were penises as well, weren't they, in TNA? Wasn't that them, the dicks, or was that some, somebody else? I think it was somebody else, I think. I think you're wrong. But uh, the Harris Brothers in TNA, uh, in WCW uh, – Skull and eight ball here. They were just two bald idiots that I never thought really did anything. Or they couldn't even work that much. And I never saw them as a good tag team. I think they're one of the worst tag teams of all time. Yeah, and the thing is, the way they were brought... Well, first of all, they started off as Jacob and Eli Blue. The Blues Brothers, yeah. Yeah. And, again, couldn't work, but... You talk about, you know, guys that were given like a thousand chances. They just, it, it didn't click. No matter what they tried, whether they tried being the Blue Brothers or the Bruise Brothers in ECW or uh, Skull and Eight Ball or Patrick and Gerald, Creative Control in uh, in WCW. Or in uh, when they were the uh, Disciples of Destruction. Or when they the were... Apocalypse? What's he saying? Disciples of Apocalypse. What do you say, Clan? Yeah. Well, he, they were the disciples, disciples of Apocalypse in WWF. In TNA, they actually oh, had a short true. run known as the Disciples of Destruction. Yeah, because Vince Russo couldn't think of oh. any more ideas. Right. But they fucking, they've been repackaged so many times that it's always been shit. Yeah. So that's why they're on my list. They're shit. Yep. All right, Eric. My number three is Baron Corbin. What else is there to say about this guy? This, this guy was supposed to be the next big thing. Blah blah blah. Can't talk on the mic. His in work sucks. His whole persona is stuff. Tried to repackage him so many times, like. Just release him and let him go somewhere else. It's not working. Yeah, Happy Corbin was never going to work, but not at all. Now, here's the funny thing. So, going back to the NXT Great American Bash show, that was that Gable Stevenson, the Olympic wrestler's, like, debut match, and they had him working with Corbin. The NXT universe, or the NXT crowd, did not like this Gable Stevenson. Yeah. And you could tell... When somebody is not going to work, yeah. especially going against Baron Corbin, when they're chanting, let's go Corbin. Yeah. And they hate Baron <laughs> Corbin. Yeah. So they're chanting, you're no angle, and let's go Corbin. So it's just like, and wow. Gable hasn't been seen since. Like, he's had the last couple of weeks of TV off. That's nuts. Yeah, and um, he's supposed to be the next thing, too. They, were supposed, right. they painted him as the next angle. And here's the thing about Baron Corbin. Like, they did the whole thing with the lone wolf, and it was supposed to work out. And I actually liked him as a lone wolf. Yeah. But then, and Boxman and I, back when I did the THT show, him and I used to argue about this all the time. Because he's like, Corbin's no good. He sucks. 
you know, he's got a fucking comb over and all that shit, you know, whatever. And then, like, you know, they did the uh, the constable thing where he basically, uh, every decision Kurt Angle made, he was told to reverse it by Stephanie McMahon. I used to call him constipated Corbett. Uh, and it was just, like, bullshit because the guy, like, he's running raw. He couldn't even run a lemonade stand. <laughs> so, like, uh all this shit they just tried with him because Vince thought, okay, he's a football player. He's really good. Like, I agree. To me, the only thing that actually worked, though, was the first shit. The Lone Wolf shit was cool. Yeah. I liked the entrance song. I liked the end of days. I like, like, that shit was, when he was doing his thing on SmackDown when he first got called up, he was like a good mid-card player. I think him and uh, Ambrose should have had a little better of a feud, but that was still kind of cool seeing him go against Ambrose and seeing him, you know, do uh, certain things. And I, I thought he actually kind of worked there, and then everything they tried after that, to me, just didn't work. Yeah. Shaving his head was the worst thing you could do with him, no matter how bad his hairline was. Yeah, well, yeah, because he looked like a penis with a goatee. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's basically, he's a tall, he's a taller Sam Roberts, because Sam Roberts looks like the same thing. Yeah. Like, it's... Sam Roberts looks like his shower cap should be a condom. Uh, but it's funny because Baron Corbin, I've only ever been blocked on Twitter one time. And it, was by him. it was by Baron Corbin because Corey Graves used to suck him hard. Yeah. All right. And I commented, I think it was after Corbin won King of the Ring. I was just like, so now that you're King of the Ring, are you going to get slobbed by Corey Graves? Uh, for a celebration. Yeah. And I said the same thing at Grace, but I don't follow Grace, so he doesn't see it. Corbin saw it, and he blocked me right away, and Twitter, you know, messaged me, and they're like, you know, your account's restricted on Twitter because of what you said. Will you delete the tweet? And I'm like, All right, yeah, I don't fucking care. I'll delete it, whatever. Because uh, then I saw that Corbin blocked me. I messaged Boxman right away, and he's just yeah, like he hates Corbin. And yeah. And I'm oh, like Oh, he hates Corbin more than I do. Yeah. I he I go, dude, I got blocked by Baron Corbin on Twitter. He goes, Do not delete that tweet. I said, Twitter told me I had to. He goes, You fucking pussy. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, keep the tweet and be on the show this week. And I'm like, nah, I'm good. That's funny. That's a good pick, though. Yeah. All right. Clement, who do you got? Yeah, I had to say, I had DOA as my um, favorite Jewish. Oh, yeah, they ball and skull. DOA was. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. All right. Who is yours, Doug? Uh. I got to check to make sure, but I'm pretty sure it is a guy who loves to grab crotch. Oh, God. The nature boy, Ric Flair. Oh, boy. Is Sharon allowed to agree with you? Or? Wow. I, I can't. Uh, and, and here's the thing. And I know a lot of people say he's the greatest wrestler of all time. And if you if you go back and watch a lot of his early work back when he gave a shit. Yeah. All right, you can say that he is one of the greatest of all time because he did make a lot of guys. 
Yeah. The problem is with age, like you know, they say somebody ages like a fine wine. He aged like three, like three-year-old expired milk. All right. When like from two thousand and from two thousand three to two thousand eight, your main weapon is grabbing some guy, some guy's junk. He still had some entertaining matches though, with like Shelton and this shit with Sean was awesome, and well, the, the stuff the, he did with the, Randy. With the Randy. retirement match with Sean was awesome. I will agree that some of the stuff was was decent, all right. But there's just like it's just to the point where it's just like, all right, Rick, you're done. You've been, you know, you've been washed up for a long time, uh, and. Like it's just if you if I want to see somebody you know grab uh, if I want to see somebody uh, you know grab another guy's crotch I'll watch the birdcage. Yeah. All right. Like it's just Ric Flair to me just he went on longer than he should have. Yeah, but now, it's a business where everybody does that. Yeah, and there, there's a lot of guys that, and again. A lot of people say Ric Flair is the greatest of all time. I disagree. I think it's Nick Bockwinkel. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> I'm not going to disparage him anymore because he has been through a lot of hardships in his life. Uh, a few self-inflicted, but a few not self-inflicted. Uh, I actually do kind of want to listen to, I mean, it's going to make my ears bleed after five minutes, but I kind of want to do listen to him on this past weekend with Theo Vaughn. Yeah. Somehow I do think it's going to be entertaining. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if he's going to make any sense on the interview, but I do kind of want to listen to it just because of the way Theo told Hogan. He's just like, this guy is a fucking riot. Yeah. It was funny. And Hulk's like, I've known this guy for like 40 years and he's never taken a drink of water. Yeah. <laughs> like Hogan even tells a story about how Flair came out of that coma, which the wrestling world stopped completely for. Yeah. Like when they thought he was dying, Every program on the WWE Network had to do with him. Yeah. Like, they cancel all their programming, everything on their live stream and all that. was It was all about him because they thought they were going to lose him. And that's understandable because he is one of the greatest, uh, you know, or he is, again, in a lot of people's minds, he is one of the greatest of all time. Uh, God forbid Roddy Piper dies, though, and because Steve <coughs> Austin had a problem with somebody impersonating him on Roddy's show, who's impersonated him on WWE TV, you couldn't pay tribute to Roddy because Stone Cold said no. <coughs> and to be honest, in my opinion, you know, not as a wrestler, but as a heel, I think Roddy Piper was a lot better than Ric Flair. Not as a wrestler. I mean, yeah, I, I would agree. He's one of the best heels of all time. I obviously don't agree with the years and Sharon's thoughts on Ric Flair. Right. And, and, and you don't have to. And my thoughts, too. Right, and yeah, because you're not really a Flair fan either, but and you don't have to because that is your opinion. I'm just saying because it is my list, that's yeah, yeah. what that's what I went with, mm-hmm. but I'm also being a lot kinder to him than, you know, I would normally be, but that's also because I know that a lot of the stuff, especially, like, later on, uh, you know, that time period where I say that, you know, his work was shit, he was going through a lot. Yeah. I think in like that five-year period, he had been married and divorced twice. Yeah. Uh, mm. 
Like he's had he's had more ex wives than Bapa had heart attacks. Yeah. That's the only sad thing about his career is that he should have all the money. He shouldn't be going around doing podcasts now and having his weeds rained and shit. He should have all the money in the world to relax and be okay. The fact that he's still got to, like, work a little bit is very sad. But it's also, like, that's what happens when you live fast literally your entire life. Yeah, and you marry every flight attendant that you meet on a fucking plane to fucking Atlanta or some shit. That was the fun. That had me dying on the Nelk Boys podcast when they interviewed him. And uh, one of, I think Steiny was like, have you ever uh, gotten with a flight attendant? And he's like, which airline? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he I will say I went to stand up him in WCW. Right. His WCW stuff. That's the only time I was standing up. Well, I mean, if I'm on a, if I'm talking about Ric Flair, NWA, he's the greatest of all time. (laughs) He goes to WWE and he has one of the best heel runs there. And with a tear in my eye and all the great stuff that he did there and the awesome feud with Savage that we just talked about. He he goes back to WCW, does some more good stuff, works with Vader, works with a lot of guys there. Still a top guy, still has incredible work. NWO comes in, he gets treated like shit, he gets booked badly, and, and you know, he's not really a factor. And then they start to feel bad and make him more of a factor in 99 and 2000, the worst period of WCW, and it doesn't matter. Then he goes to WWE and he's old and he does his best and he is a part of evolution and helps helm two of the greatest superstars of that generation and and fucking is the senior advisor to them in front of the camera and outside of the camera. I will say that if it was not for Ric Flair, Batista and Orton, and I know they're going to say, oh, well, Triple H had a lot to do with it too. Triple H did not do for Randy Orton what he did for Batista. Yeah. No, he didn't. Ric Flair did. Yeah. He had the match at Taboo Tuesday and several other matches. But also, like, you talk about Batista's in-ring work, and you can say what you want to say, and he's a big man, and he can be clunky and shit. But if he hadn't got to team with Flair for that two years, it would it could have been a lot worse. Yeah. I feel like they put him with Flair. It's like, all right, teach him how to work, and then we'll fucking get him ready for a push. And that's kind of what they did. Right, and that's the thing. It's like Flair, again. Yes, he was just grabbing nothing. Because, but also too, I will give Flair his props and being like, there were guys that he was willing. Like, he did know towards the end. It's like, okay, these guys do have to get over. And if he would have never came back, he would still have the best final match of all time. Right. If he wouldn't have came back thirty-two times. And just had another last match, like a year ago, then that match with Sean would be the best retirement match ever done on TV. Because there's no no other match has that emotion, heart, I'm sorry, I love you, super kick to the forehead, pin him, fucking that putting the old yeller down type feel. Everything about that match was kind of, you needed that career in WWE for that match to mean something. Right. And you needed to see him getting older and see him. And it, to me, it worked for the whole story. Right. And then at the end, it's like, it's basically like if fucking the Turtles had to put down Master Splinter. It would be sad and terrible, but necessary. And that's basically what Sean had to do to fucking Ric Flair. And that was amazing. So he, I agree with, well, I don't agree with you, but I see where you're coming from. And I know that you don't like him. And uh, I see where other people are coming from by not liking him too. But to me, it's hard to deny a resume like that. 
All right. Uh, me. Yeah. My number two. I have somebody who I think is one of the most overrated people, but also, and I know I'm going to get great from the Philly guys and everything and the ECW fucking diehards. But to me, I don't get how you can support a guy who main thing is like actually hurting people. And that is new Jack. I think, I don't know how he was. I like any other business that's not wrestling and not the wild, wild West. This man's going to fuck. And he's been to prison. But like he's like kidnapped people and hurt. Like he's a he was a gang member. He was like a really bad. And I have nothing like no issues or not not nothing like that. Or and I'm not talking shit. You know people got to do what they do in their situations. But he just seemed like a violent psychopath. That not even just in front of the camera. Yeah. And like like the whole mass transit incident. Whatever you want to say. Like yeah, maybe the kid's stupid for fucking pretend to be a wrestler. But he didn't sign up to get murdered almost. Right. I don't care who you are. I don't care how big, how many cigarette smoke clouds you blow in somebody's face, how big of a disrespectful asshole you are in the back. You're fucking putting on a show where you're working with that other person. You don't try to fucking kill the other person. And he's done that to more people than just mass transit. He is a violent, and he's not a good worker. He's not a good wrestler. He's not a good promo. He's just this violent fucking psychopath that you send out that hurts people for real. And I think he has no business being the rest. I remember ECW is the only way they would let that fucking bullshit take place. Right. There was a, there was a match yep. uh, when Mike Awesome was doing his uh, run as uh, as champion. They actually had New Jack challenge Mike Awesome for the title, and Joey Styles even said because this was a shoot. Joey Styles even said because I think Joel Gertner was partner at the time goes, you know. Is this New Jack's first uh, t- uh, the first world title shot? And, and Joey's like, yeah, because he would be a fucking nightmare. I don't think he said fucking, or he might have, because they didn't care. He would be a fucking nightmare as world champion. He is a public relations nightmare because of how many times he has been to prison. Yeah. This is a guy who has... I never been- understand why people like him either. Like, he has been charged four separate times with murder. Okay. And then people are cheering him on, and he's got the fucking grooves in his head, and he's like a badass, and people yeah. love him. And, no. and RIP, I'm not trying to fucking talk shit about the dead. You know, I'm not. that's not what I'm here to do. But it's like, if someone's just like, you were talking about how you don't like, like bad people. Like, if you're talking about bad people, like, come on, man. Yeah. No, I agree with you. Exactly. The th- and here's another thing, too. Before he died, he wrote a book. And it's on Amazon, and I keep thinking about wanting to get it, but I also don't know, like, if he treated that book as a confessional. So, like, I, I haven't gotten it yet. I probably will at some point. But he just – and you talk about the people that, like, he's tried to kill in the ring. There's this guy, Gypsy Joe, who's since passed away. He passed away, like <laughs> – I think 80-something years old. 70 years old, he was still working in the ring. He worked with New Jack. First of all, New Jack wouldn't sell for him. Second of all, New Jack grabbed a blade and tried to kill him, too. 70 years old. And it's just like, come on, Jack. Like, you just... There's lines you don't have to cross. He just crossed them. I think just, you know, for the hell of it. Yeah. 
So, not a fan, but. All right, Eric, who's your number two? Enzo Murray. I couldn't stand this guy. He just annoyed the shit out of me every time he came out. I know people love him and people love that whatever they did with um, Bozo, the clown, another guy. Uh, but I, I just didn't, I wasn't a fan of these two, especially Enzo. Other guy, guy's name, though. Oh, Cash? Uh, the Cash, yeah. The Cash I'm okay with. I don't, I don't, I didn't put it on my list. But Enzo just annoyed the shit out of me. He might have been a good promo and all that, but he just annoyed the shit out of me. And he's another one. I don't you, know, you, talk about not, you talk about not good people. I mean, think of how this guy got. Uh, think of how this guy got released from the company. He was involved in a in a lawsuit. Like they were, uh, he was involved in a sexual assault lawsuit, right? Yeah. This person, like there was an investigation going on. He didn't tell the company, so he goes to that uh, to the Raw uh, twenty five, right? To the 25th anniversary of Raw. He's going to work a match that night. Well, the lawyers of the girl filing, filing, filing the charges, first day was my new time, filing the charges against him called the company. Holy shit. All right. <clears throat> he said, hey, just so you know, you got somebody. Work. And so he gets to the building, and, you know, his real name's uh, Eric something. And, uh, they go, hey, Eric, when were you going to tell us about this sexual assault thing? And he looked at, I think it was Kevin Dunn, straight in the eye and said, never. And they're like, what do you mean you were never going to tell us? He goes, not your business. Like, it's my personal thing. I'm dealing with it. Don't worry about it. And Dunn looks at him and says, you work for us. We need to know this shit because we could, if you are innocent, uh, we can help you. Like, we can get you out of this. Because yeah. Jerry McDivitt is... If Jerry McDivitt can keep Vince's ass out of prison, yeah, he's a he good can lawyer. keep anybody out of prison. Yeah. All right? Enzo being... Enzo said, no. Like, you guys don't need to know anything. My personal life, I'll get out of it. They're like, you need to tell us what's going on. He goes, I don't want to. No, not going to happen. So they got back to Vince. They said, look, he doesn't want to tell us anything. So he said, okay, fire him. And then he got told to leave, and that was it. Because he just, his, the Enzo you would see on screen is the Enzo you got in real life, which was the disrespectful dipshit. Yeah. But I mean, let's play devil's advocate a little bit. Extremely over. Yeah. Extremely. Big Cash and Enzo Amore got pops that we've never seen before for a little while. Right. And but and this but the thing is too is that like when they were called up to the main roster, they were a pain in people's asses in NXT. Yeah. Like Matt Bloom, uh, the former A Train, wanted to get them on the main roster because he had had enough of. Them. Yeah. But Triple H is just like, they're not going to last on the main roster because people will eat them up. Yeah. Like, yes, they're going to be over, but the locker room is going to kill Enzo. Yeah. So, no, I don't, like, we can't call them up. 
the night they come up, Michael Cole even says on commentary, well, you're in for, or actually, you know what? Some people will say you're in for a treat when watching these two guys. And it's just like instantly they're just trying to bury these two. Uh, these two. Yeah. Even though Cass had talent, but also Cass didn't really like to listen to people either. Yeah. It was another, when he got fired, it was because he disrespected <coughs> Kevin Dunn. Because Kevin Dunn told him, hey, I need, oh, we need to go over something, you know, for your promo. And he said, no, we don't. I'm good. And you don't disrespect Kevin Dunn. Yeah. So, you know, they're idiots. Mm-hmm. Because, like, it's one thing, like, we can disrespect Vince McMahon and Kevin Dunn because we don't work for them. Yeah. Right? That's one thing. But when you're working, you're on for payroll. Them, when you're on payroll for them, if they tell you something as stupid as you might think it is, and trust me, they're not smart. Well, Kevin Dunn, I think, actually, I do think Kevin Dunn gets shit on more by Cornette than what he deserves. Yeah. Uh, but when you're on their payroll and they tell you to do something stupid or not, if somebody says, Hey, look, you, do it. you need to tell us what the hell your legal situation is. Your answer should not be fuck you. I'm handling it because you're really not. You're handling it by ignoring phone calls. Yeah. That's not how you handle it. Yeah. Uh, because you never know. This girl might actually have like an uncle that works for the fucking mafia, and then you're one drive-by shooting away from being buried next to Andre the Giant in the cemetery. Yeah. So, like, and so I understand why somebody would put Enzo on their most, on their, you know, least favorite list. As over as he was, he was just too much of a pain in the ass to really, yeah. you know, Capitalize on him being. He would be number one if I didn't like this person at number one. I feel you. All right, Clintus, who's your number two? My number two was a blue moon. Was who? I was never a big fan. I think the blue moon. The blue moon? Blue moon. Okay. The blue moon. Moon. You know, for the BLW, the B, BWO, whatever, the Blue Water, New Water. Yeah, no, the yeah, we're having a little Indian. trouble hearing you over the phone tonight, Bob. <laughs> oh. But, uh, yeah. all right, Blue Meanie? Yes. Yeah. I think uh, all drivers, because I think that's what I'm looking at, Blue Meanie was. He was probably like, the non-interesting one of them out of I ever have ever seen. I, mean, I don't know why for love him. He wasn't giving a he was good for I think a one minute squash match and that was basically it. And to me it was just more like a waste of a waste of time or anything like that. I just was never into that character whatsoever. I can see that. Yeah, uh, we, yeah. we were when me and Doug did the tier list uh, a few weeks ago. We were kind of kind to him, but he really didn't have much talent. He was just a fat goof. He was entertaining enough, and the blue dust stuff was kind of fun and BWO and shit. And I understand, but he was only ever really going to be a parody character. Right. And, and here's the thing. And you know, 
you know, like unlike what we've done, or at least what I've done to other people that I've listed, he is actually one of the nicest guys in the wrestling business. Yeah, he is. But okay. that doesn't mean that his work yeah. didn't suck. No, his work did suck. Yeah. But, like, the whole thing, like, when he got brought in as, like, Al Snow's sidekick and all that and did, like, the BWO and then all this, you know, other stuff. He teamed with Stevie Richards for a while. His WWF run was not good. No. But, like, he also did kind of have a reputation. Like, when JBL tried to bully him yeah. at that uh, at the one-night stand pay-per-view, I think it was, like when JBL shot on him and, you know, you know, went stiff or whatever and, you know, actually hit him with actual punches. Uh, it was just a few weeks later on SmackDown where Meanie actually legit chair shot to the back of JBL's head, uh, which obviously you can't do now. But he made sure, he's like, all right, motherfucker, you want to bully me? Here's your fucking receipt. Yeah. And he busted the shit out of his head. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And, well, JBL was one of those kind of guys, and, and, you know, Eric brought him up on his list last week. JBL was one of those kinds of guys to where, like, he would he would bully people. Yeah. But he also did not think that the people he would bully would give it back to him. Yeah. Like, uh... When he uh, gave Joey Styles a hard time, and Joey Styles just hauled off and hit him and knocked him on his ass. Yeah, that's hilarious. That's still one of my favorite stories. Yeah, like, and then there was another story. He's at an airport. He's bugging uh, Blackman, Steve Blackman, at the airport baggage claim. Like, because Blackman's trying to find his bag, and Bradshaw's just not leaving him alone. So Blackman takes him and throws him on the baggage claim. He's like, somebody take this motherfucker. That's funny. But yeah. No, Blue Beanie's a good pick. Yeah. All right, Doug. Who's your number two? The Mountie. Oh, okay. All right. He was a very annoying character. He couldn't work that well either. Yeah. And he was one of those guys where, like, I could not understand why he would get a push. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, as like Jacques Rougeau of the Quebecers or Jacques Rougeau of the Fabulous Rougeau Brothers. Like, to me, he was just, he was just very annoying. Like, he had that, he had that, I'm going to hit you in the face with a hammer type face. Yeah. Uh, Now, it worked for him being a heel, and yeah, his work work rate was not that good, but it's also, too, he did not like the bump. Yeah. That's why, like, a lot of his stuff... Uh, like the one thing that really made me hate him was at WrestleMania seven back in 1991, when he had, he worked Tito Santana and Tito got like three moves in and all Mountie did was hit him with that stupid cattle prod and beat him. It's just like, really, you're going to reduce Santana to 90 seconds. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Jimmy Hart was the perfect manager for Mountie because Jimmy Hart was equally as annoying. Yeah. But yeah, no, I was just I was never a fan. Uh the whole WCW run where they put him with where they put him and Carl Ouellette with uh or the guy now known as PCO with uh Colonel Rob Parker who 
again, I think Colonel Rob Parker, Parker is one of the more, more useless managers. Yes. Uh, I agree with that. So he's just like, so that to me was just like, oh, my God, like these assholes should not be getting over unless you're throwing them over a cliff. Yes. Like they, why are they getting wins? They should be jobbing. Yeah. But it's more just the fact that like Jock was also very uncooperative. It's like, if you're going to have me do something, I got to go over. It's like, no, you don't, motherfucker. You suck. Like, he actually he actually beat Hulk Hogan, uh, one of Hogan's rare, like, WCW house show appearances. They were doing it in Montreal. And Hulk wanted to work with... Uh, with, you know, somebody that was going to be a crowd favorite in Montreal, and he wanted to beat him. He wanted to get heat. So they picked Jacques, because they weren't going to boot Jacques in Montreal. Yeah. Well, Jacques' main stipulation for doing the the match was he had to go over. Yeah. How dare you ask to go over the great Hulk Hogan? But because Hulk knew that Jacques at one time was a really good character with the Mountie and all that, and he... Kind of deep down, didn't like, didn't want to tell anybody, but deep down he kind of liked Jack because Jack was, you know, a less powerful version of him, as in like political. Because Jack, just like Hogan, you know, he didn't go, it doesn't work for me, brother. He usually, well, he would say something like that, but usually in French. Uh, but because they kind of had that same. Fuck you. You put me over. Uh, you put me over, but I don't do that for you mentality. Yeah. I'm a bigger star than you. Even though Hogan was a bigger star, Jock Rougeau was Jock Itch. Yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah, he was just... He was ass. Yeah. Jock, uh, Jock Ash. Jock Ash. Yeah, it's a good pick. Thank you. I don't even remember him. Yeah, the Mountie. All I remember is the jail match with uh, Big Boss Man when he lost, and then there was mad rape jokes in the prison. Uh, my number one drum roll. Brutus the Barber Beefcake. I knew that was coming. He sucks. I hate him. Uh, I will respect, show respect and say that he got over as Brutus the Barber Beefcake, but everything else sucked. WCW, he sucked, and even as Brutus, I always thought he was overrated. And it was, he was a fun character, but he needed somebody else to like help him make him work. He's only here because he's Hulk Hogan's friend. It's the only reason he ever made it in the business. Uh, the Zodiac was bullshit. I don't even know what they were trying to do. And they could have done something cool based on the Zodiac killer, but they came up with that. The Disciple, which is basically, that's when they just acknowledge, yeah, he's Hulk Hogan's bitch. We're literally just going to call him the Disciple, and he worshipped Hogan's cock. Yeah. Uh, and then they had that, like, when Warrior kind of took him over and, like, did the promo in the ring where he's under Warrior's legs. That was weird. Yeah. Uh, I just always thought Brutus the Barber Beefcake was overrated and never deserved what he got, and I thought he sucked ass. So... Yeah, and you knew that, like, uh, well, first of all, Eric Bischoff hated his guts. Yeah, I don't blame him, because he was a leech. And then, like, you know, in 98, you could kind of tell in ni- uh, late 98, early 99, 
when he was, uh, you know, kind of falling out of favor, and they really didn't see a reason to push him anymore, even though Hogan was still in the company and still kind of vouching for him. Yeah. Like, on an episode of WCW Saturday Night, when he's wrestling Jerry Flynn, who Jerry Flynn was a jabber at the time. Yeah. And, and well, we'll get a win here and there. Yeah. If you lost to Jerry Flynn back in those days, uh, then you're it's not. just like, yeah, you're not. And no disrespect to Jerry Flynn. I like Jerry. Yeah. But it was just one of those, okay, the office sees no more in you. Like, you're done. You're losing to a jabber. Yeah. Like if you lose, if you would have lost then to Al Green or fucking uh, Queenie, you're blown. Yeah, you're you're out. See ya. Or like you get a win over if Evan Courageous beat you. Uh, you know, because those are all guys who never really won. But yeah, Brutus was, and I liked Brutus back back in the day. Again, like he, he was very overrated. Like Conrad. On his podcast, you know, all 90 of them, it says Brutus the fucking barber beefcake. And Bruce always tries to put over, you know, always tries to say, oh, Brutus was over. He was he was just that good. Bischoff, I think, is the only person that actually agrees with Conrad. Is just like, oh, yeah, no, the guy fucking sucked. Yeah, because he did. He was overrated. Yeah. Dang. All right. Eric. What's your number one? Drumroll. Um, this should be an easy one for everybody to guess. <clears throat> She's the daughter of a guy that we just talked talked about like 20 minutes ago, Charlotte Flair. Um, yeah, I can see why. Uh, she's a good wrestler, but I can see why. Huh? She's very annoying. Yeah. To be honest, I was a fan at first, and then over the years it just became more, more obvious why she's getting pushed after push, after push, after title shot, after title reign, after title reign, and she lose it, regain it. She, they just want her to break the player's record, which is annoying. Um, she's a, to me, she's an okay wrestler. She's had some great matches with some great wrestlers. Other than that, she's annoying. I don't yeah. think she's even good on the mic either. Well, and again, I'm not going to stick up. For, I don't mean to stick up for a flare, but if you think about it, she did not want to be in the business in the first place. Yeah. I, she got into the business because her brother Reed was in it, and he unfortunately passed away. Yeah. Uh, and so as a tribute to him, and also because her father needed a kid in the business, yeah, she got in, uh, and that's as far as I'm going to go with that with that story or that particular part of it. Okay. Okay. But then, like you know, all the titles she's won and all that—that's <clears throat> to keep her happy. Yeah. Okay. Is. That is to get her to come because all these vacations she's taking, she doesn't want to be around anymore. Yeah. She wants to be home with her husband, and she actually. So they got divorced. No, her and Andrade are together. Oh, oh, so that report I saw was fake, I guess. They broke up. They supposedly broke up for a while, but then on one of her vacations, she actually, uh, she actually did marry him. 
Okay. Okay. So they are together. She wants to start a family with them, but because the company keeps calling her back, like her stipulation pretty much is, and you can't really blame her. Yeah. If I'm coming back, the belt's got to be on. Yeah. Well, I think the way they fucked up is if, if she's been pushed as a heel this whole time, I think it always works. But I feel like the fact that they've tried and dabbled with her as babyface and it's never come across good is like just kind of right. stupid. She can't go both ways like her father. Right. He can, he could be sympathetic sometimes, but she can't. She needs to be a bad guy. So I agree with you guys. She sucks. All right. Clinton. What's your number one? Least favorite wrestler? MJF. MJF. It's my number one. MJF? Yes. I want to say MJF. My number one. To me, he's a field punk wow. 2.0. After, after the whole thing of the walkout, him coming back to win the uh, Casino Battle Royal. And having a title on him, saying that he needs that it, it was it's like watching we doing a whole scene of this and man storyline all over again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think he's doing his job. He's, he's just a good heel, but I can see where people are coming from. Oh well, yeah, and I think sometimes he does go overboard. Yeah. So I can see where people don't like him. Me too. But because so, he does go over. Yeah, I, mean, I think that he is one of those heels. I mean, he's very good at his job. But, I mean, yeah, there are some times where it's like like when he takes the, uh, you know, during, I think, it, I forgot what it was, but like he made an entrance one time and he did like a whole like, entrance through a, a commercial break where he was just fucking with fans. Like, he uh, he goes up to a fan uh, and takes their phone. and takes their phone, puts it in his pants. And then he goes up to another fan, flips them off. He goes up to a fan, takes their drink, and then throws it back in their face. Yeah. Like, it, that's sometimes going overboard. Now, obviously, they're plants, and they know it's coming. Warner Brothers Discovery, though, however, did not like that, and they have a rule in place saying that you cannot take anything from the crowd anymore. Yeah. Uh, so it's just with him, it's just a case of him going overboard. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Doug, finish us out. Yeah. Speaking of people that need to go overboard, preferably with an ankle tie er, with an anchor tied to their ankles. Yeah. Bully Ray. <laughs> I hate that fat fucking piece of shit. Like I was gonna put him on my list, but I thought you liked him. You thought I liked him? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I hate Bully Ray. Like Wow. Okay. He is he is one of those people. Like, first of all, like, I, you know, the whole bully thing and all that. I think he, he's another one that goes overboard. That shit still makes me laugh, though, the TNA at that same time, because WWE was doing their Be a Star thing, Don't Be a Bully, anti-bullying campaign. And yeah. then TNA made one, too. 
And then at that same time, they're like, we need a character that's a bully. Yeah, <laughs> like, 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 bully. yeah fuck bullies, but I think we need to fucking show bullying on TV, actually. Yeah. And then, like, the whole thing, and, and I'll agree, like, he did get over, but it's just like, he goes overboard. He goes, like, he does the flaming table thing. Like, to, like when he says that John Moxley bleeds too much, which John does, it's like, motherfucker, every chance you you pull out that fucking flaming table and you put people through it. Yeah, I think he thinks the only thing with Bully Ray, and especially now, and I can see why you don't like him, is I do think he's a bit delusional about the business. And I don't think he really, like, I think he thinks that, first of all, Dudley Boys had a huge impact. But I think he thinks they might have had a bigger impact. And I think he also thinks that he just knows what's best for the business and everything. And he's very, you know, direct. But he can be wrong a lot. Like, when he did the, the interview with Stone Cold Steve Austin back when Broken Skull Sessions was a thing. Yeah. Which hasn't been a thing since Charlotte was actually the last person to do one. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like, they just stopped. Yeah. Now I know why. Uh but, like, when he was on there, he told the story about how, like, when him and Devine got hired, he went up to Vince and said, Vince, I'm going to tell you right now, we're old school heels. We don't shake hands with fans. We're not doing autograph signings. And Vince laughed, and he goes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I tell you you're going to an autograph signing, you're not going to argue with it. You're going to sign their autographs, and you're going to like it. So, when he, he can get put in his place. Yeah, but like the whole thing with me, and this is, and I had already hated him before, but like when he went on busted open radio after John Moxley had come back from rehab and said he need that Moxley needed to apologize to the fans for going to rehab. It's like he, oh, that's right. Yeah, now I remember why you that yeah. fucking piece of shit. You want a guy to apologize? For going to rehab to improve his life instead of letting his drinking problems kill him. Yeah. When he's got a four-month-old baby or, or like a six-seventh-month-old baby at home and a wife who, you know, they needed their father, you know, Renee needed her husband back. The baby needed her father back. They needed him in a clear headspace. So you want him to apologize to people because he missed out on some dates. So he could get himself in the right headspace. Fuck you, you fat motherfucker. Especially because Moxley for that company especially has been kind of like that player that they can fucking throw in whenever. Like he's the most reliable guy there. So it's kind of fucked up to say the one time he took time for himself when he really needed it. Whereas like when Punk takes his ball and goes home like a little fucking pussy ass bitch, uh, who who do you step up to have be the champion till he comes back? Right, Moxley. You get Moxley. So I, I agree with you. Bully, bullies. When he said something like, "If Jesus Christ was resurrected, he'd be a Dudley boy," or so I was like, "All right, man, you're a little yeah, he's, you're falling for your own gimmick a little bit." Yeah, or you think he's yeah. better than he was. I don't know if it was Jesus. It might have been somebody else. No, it was. I, it was either Jesus or God. Yeah. If God were a heel, he'd be part of Team 3D or something. Yeah. And it's just like, uh, and it, my answer to that is God obviously is a heel because you're still on this earth. <laughs> uh, 
if God were babyface, he'd be dead. <laughs> we uh, got it. <laughs> we got the point. I just want to make sure it's it's there. Uh, but like, yeah, he's just he's one of the. There's no redeeming qualities for him whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, and I just. Yeah, he, he just every time, like the fact that they were they gave him a radio show, yeah, just shows that the people that he works for at Busted Open Radio have no fucking brain. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Now I mean, I, well, I've already said that God should kill him, so I think we should just end it there. All right, that was our list, guys. Top ten least favorite wrestlers. This was a lot of fun throughout the past two weeks. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, I do have a comment. What are we doing next week, Doug? So here's my idea. We haven't done a feud retrospective in a while. What do you want to do? Brock Lesnar, Kurt Angle. Ooh, let's do it. So we're going to analyze the whole feud of Brock and Kurt next week. That'll be a lot of fun. Make sure also to check out the Stabcast uh, this Sunday. Me and Mindy will be talking about Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2. And do you guys have anything for Unlimited tomorrow? Uh, I I do have a plan. Uh, what we're going to do, and Eric, I might as well just tell you now, because this is actually something I think you're going to want to do. We're going to uh, look at the history of ABC's TGIF lineup. Oh, cool. We're going to analyze it. Uh, So we're going to go through, we're going to talk about, I think it's got like a, a, you know, 10 to 15 year history. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to go through. We're going to obviously talk about it, all that fun stuff. And Cool. So make sure to check all that. I do have one final. What do you got? I have a qu- I'm surprised that uh, Conan was on your list. Uh, of- and, you know, here's the funny thing. I forgot about him. And I like when I made the list and I realized that he wasn't on there and that Scott Norton wasn't on there. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your list represented your hatred of all those people. Yeah. Like, uh, and tr- uh, I think, like, if I could have, like, taken the Bucks, uh, but I hate the Young Bucks, so, yeah, like, yeah. it's, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, if this were a top, like, 15 or 20, I could I, I could easily come up with Yeah, you got more. That, yeah. Uh, a, lot all of, right. a lot of hatred inside this big body. Oh, I know. All right, guys. This is a lot of fun, and we'll see everybody next week. All right, later. Bye. No No birds. Oh, fuck the birds.